Welcome to Utilizing Tech, the podcast about emerging technology from Gestalt IT. This season of Utilizing Tech focuses on CXL, a new technology that promises to revolutionize enterprise computing. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. Joining me today on a special episode are my co-hosts, Craig Rogers and Nathan Bennett, to talk about what we're going to be looking forward to in 2023 with regard to CXL. Welcome to the podcast, Nathan. Thanks, Stephen. Always happy to be, take part of this podcast. I'm Nathan Bennett. I'm a cloud architect and love talking about new tech and all these fun things that we get to forward look into the future. And Craig? Hi, I'm Craig Rogers. I'm product manager for Infrastructure as a Service for 1111 Systems. And it's great to be here. So the three of us uh, got together to do the uh, Utilizing Tech podcast uh, as season three of our uh, Utilizing series. So we uh, did three seasons of Utilizing AI, and then we uh, took a look around and said, you know, the CXL technology looks pretty cool. Uh, of course, it's all new. Uh, it's not something that we've uh, seen really uh, implemented yet. In fact, it couldn't even be implemented until the release of a server platform that supported it. Thank you, AMD. Uh, which has now happened. So even in the time that we've been publishing this, which is literally from October 2022 to December 2022, the, the world has changed because AMD has released a platform that supports this. But since then, you know, we've uh, spoken to a bunch of people. We've participated in the CXL forum. Uh, I was in the one in New York and we were at the one in uh, at, at OCP Summit in San, San Jose. Um, We've talked to all sorts of companies. I mean, it's it's really quite amazing what's going on, considering that this is all new technology. Um, I guess just just to kick things off, uh, Craig, uh, you know, what do you think about the uh, the state of the world in just uh, the time since October to December? The the pace with which CXL products are, are going to be able to hit the market here, considering how recent AMD released you know you know epic four and um, i'm sure intel will be right around the corner with 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 their offering on cxl the but the 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 products that were already developed you know and the 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 breadth and scale the the software needed to do it you know the, they've obviously been working on this for years you know conceptualizing and and putting into actual production uh, these designs and, and building the hardware it, it's it's great to see that so many people, we, we always keep coming back around to the sheer scale and scope of the CXL consortium members, but it's been really impressive to see just how many products will be able to hit the market rapidly as, as soon as these servers are available. That, that has blown me away. Yeah, I think just to build on that, between where, you know, I personally am late to the game learning all of these different products and these different vendors that are jumping into the market on CXL and learning the different solutions. And I'm really excited about where we're, where it's going and what the solutions are going to bring to market. But just to double click on that r rapidness that needs to happen, we, we I'm ready to see that next evolution, that next step from concept of we need a platform and now it has a platform, okay, let's see what happens. Do people gather around the platform and just start rapidly developing for it and manufacturing around it? Or do they start moving into how, uh, developing a different plat platform? And do we get into that competitive nature that 
you know, the customer tends to win when there's more competition in the market than when there's just a bunch of people working around a single platform. But that's where I want to see that development in 2023 and, and, and that growth. Cause that's, that's where it's going to be very exciting for the enterprise market as well as hyperscalers. I think we, we all see the value for hyperscalers to adopt this type of methodology, but with the competition bringing it to the enterprise marketplace as well, this is where we definitely will see, you know, cost savings if it continues to be competitive in that area. And I think that the, uh, you know, we were just uh, on time here in terms of, of introducing this technology, introducing this topic, because it really is, it really is taking off. I mean, just to kind of level set everyone, um, AMD recently introduced their Genoa, uh, which is their next generation Epic uh, server platform, uh, which we actually discussed uh, here on the podcast in December. And um, the uh, Genoa platform was the first uh, server platform that has support for not, ju uh, not just CXL, but also uh, PCIe 5 and DDR5. And um, importantly, uh, really kind of shakes up the design of the server because it's more toward a uh, one DIM per channel architecture. Uh, you know, it's more toward, um, if you wanna go beyond that, you know, you've got uh, what, 12 DIM, uh, channels, uh, memory channels. And, and so if you want to go beyond what you can fit in those memory channels, you know, you really are going to be using CXL. So I think one of the things that's most interesting to me about the AMD announcement is that it really, uh, I don't want to say it requires CXL, but I'd say that it's right there as a first class uh, component of the server. And then here we are in January, uh, everybody, it's I guess the worst kept secret in the industry that Intel is going to make an announcement next week talking about uh, a new server platform of their own. Uh, hmm, do you think it could be Sapphire Rapids? Uh, they haven't said, but uh, everybody knows that it's going to be Sapphire Rapids. Everybody knows it's going to be the fourth generation Xeon scalable. And everybody expects, and once I knows, everybody expects that it's going to include PCIe 5 and CXL support. Uh, because if it doesn't, I think everybody's going to kind of lose their minds. But, um, you know, let's assume that it does. Let's assume that Intel introduces the fourth generation Xeon scalable. Uh, let's say, assume that it, it includes uh, decent uh, CXL support, just like AMD already has. Uh, that puts us here at the beginning of 2023 with basically two server platforms uh, from the leading vendors that support this technology. But like I said, the important thing too is that not just that it supports this technology, but it, that it kind of needs this technology. Um, you can only fit so many DIMM sockets on a motherboard. Uh, you know, how many can you put in a row? Um, and, 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 and when does it become sort of counterproductive from a system motherboard layout and cooling and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, why not put it on an expansion card? Why not put it at an external chassis? Uh, I think that that's the sort of things that Intel and AMD are going to be leaning into with their fourth generation um, server platforms. And I guess, um, you know, Nathan, you know, you've got your eye on the, the hyperscalers and the cloud and, 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 and what's being developed there. Um, how, I guess, if you had to take a guess, how quickly do you think Epic and Sapphire Rapids are going to be coming to the hyperscalers? I guess it would be very rapidly. I, I truly expect them to start picking this stuff up as as quickly as they can, considering the capabilities that the new platform, especially with AMD, is bringing to market. I, I just don't see how they how they could not. I mean, AWS really likes to talk about their their silicons and their platforms like Graviton and stuff like that, but 
being able to bring everything that the Genoa brings to the market, they just have to start adapting to it and adopting it as quickly as possible. It wouldn't surprise me that there's already some um, some POC or, or some some proofed out um, areas that are already starting to utilize solutions like this, and they're starting to get the framework for solutions for uh, whatever the next platform may be. Hint, hint. Um, in other areas as well, because that's just what what they would do as as good future looking hyperscalers would do. I mean, AWS is a monster at this point with all the different platforms that they want to actually start utilizing, but they they need to start utilizing this particularly for that CXL modularity that comes with it. Right, the next steps that we would see definitely from AWS and other hyperscalers is how this really kind of starts bringing in the, the extra components into that hyperscaling market. It, it, it's funny, as you have said, the hyperscalers will be very much early adopters. You know, I, I think that's a fairly safe assumption, especially those hyperscalers that are members of the consortium. And I'm sure people at home are, you know, or are, are in businesses or in managed service providers thinking you know I, i'm not going to be able to get into that too quickly i'm not going to be exposed to that but the, the, there's going to be a strong chance that almost any new server coming out within the hyperscalers is going to be backed by cxl people are going to be exposed to it and not even realize you know it's, it's going to be like a background service again as part of that whole cloud service mentality where you're getting it as a service um, I, I think there's a lot of potential wins here, you know, cheaper tiers of RAM and you touched on the Epic 4, you know, going up to 96 cores. At, at that number of cores, you can actually be RAM constrained, you know, and RAM bandwidth constrained. So CXL is opening up additional performance as well as making it more efficient use of, of, the, of those resources. So it, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that's kind of interesting is that um, as we talked about with with AMD, they expect that CXL memory won't actually be that much slower than regular system RAM, and that the you know initially you, you know memory expansion on CXL, you know contrary to maybe what some of us thought, might actually just be um, another memory channel. Uh, I was really shocked to hear that, and I'm actually really excited to hear that because. What that means is that we could have a lot more flexibility here in terms of, um, you know, memory capacity. But also another thing that we've been talking about so far in a lot of these episodes is this idea of mixing and matching different types of memory. So, for example, um, as, as I mentioned, you know, we know that AMD is using DDR5. Of course, they support other types of memory as well. But, um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see uh, if. DDR5 ends up going in the uh, system uh, memory slots, and maybe DDR4 or even DDR3 goes in the CXL memory spots. Or, um, and, and you know, I mean, that I think would be sort of a slam dunk, but I guess the next question is, what about other memory technologies? You know, what about, you know, persistent memory? What about, you know, using flash as RAM or some kind of, you know, hybrid device that has both DRAM and flash on it or something like that? Um, it seems pretty likely that we'll be seeing that too. And of course, I gotta say it, what about Optane over CXL? I mean, why not, right? You think that'll happen? Do you think we'll see Optane on CXL? It may not be branded Optane, but I'm relatively certain 
that we will see persistent memory over the CXL bus. Yeah, we did just have Intel introduce another um, generation of, of Optane uh, at the end of 2022, um, at least on, on SSDs. Uh, I think I particularly personally expect them to release another generation of Optane persistent memory modules as well. And I would not be really all that surprised if we saw Optane persistent memory over CXL. Um, and of course, that would, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if that was supported on the AMD platform as well as the Intel platform, which, you know, uh, I know that people like to cry and, and say, oh, Optane's dead. Well, maybe it's not quite dead. Um, I guess we'll see. But as you say, there are other memory technologies too. Um, I've heard some KG mentions that there are other memory technologies out there that might appear on CXL at some point. I guess we'll just have to see. How about, uh, you know, some of these other things? Um, you know, the other, the other thing that we've heard quite a lot about is um, sharing uh, and pooling of memory between hosts. Do you think we're going to see that in uh, 2023, or do you think that's a more further down the line? I, I think that'll be further down the line. That'll be a CXL2. I think by the time we really hit that. Uh, one thing that was interesting about AMD's Epic launch, they, 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 they met the 1.1 standard, but they added additional features that allowed uh, some, some great things to happen in, in their first generation to support CXL. I, I can't remember the exact commands, but the, the, there's a couple of them are critical to providing additional features. You know, it's like a 1.1 plus. You know, it's like two plus switches versus layer three. It's one point one plus in the CPU. It'll be interesting to see what Intel come up with and and if there's any kind of feature disparity there between the two platforms. Yeah, because that's one of the things that AMD mentioned was in terms of supporting um, you know uh, some uh, protocol components beyond one dot one in in Genoa. I wonder, um, I guess we, we don't know yet what Intel will support, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Intel also supports some. And, um, and specifically, like we heard from AMD, that in, in some cases, some of these features are going to be implemented by the device itself. And if it's completely supported by the device, then it kind of doesn't matter what rev of CXL uh, the server is expecting. All it needs to do is know how to talk to that device, and, and then the device can do stuff, right? So... Um, yeah, but we'll see about the memory pooling and, and sharing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Nathan, do you think that's uh, soon or later? I, I would say that's definitely later. Just to chime in on all this discussion around, you know, all these different technologies with the, within these platforms, you know, I, I, I think in terms of AWS and looking at what they're doing, having just been at uh, reInvent a couple months back, it really does paint the picture of, of where the modularity of all these things really kind of flow and how to take a, a virtual instance of, of these areas and, and kind of like share resources in these areas. And that's why CXL is so cool is because instead of using a, a virtual uh, hypervisor or however you want to want to utilize moving those resources from one place to another we're talking about like physical connections and we're talking about data pipes and we're talking about all these different uh, you know buses and that's to me that's one of the coolest things about cxl but at the end of the day you know speaking to what you were talking about Stephen, in terms of like you have certain workloads using ddr3 certain workloads using ddr4 ddr5 you know having that capability having that cap the ability to 
stipulate via hardware what actually works for which workload. That's actually really not only interesting to like a hyperscaler, but also to an enterprise. You know, there are there are still people, surprisingly, that can't get to cloud. They have workloads that will not work in cloud, and they have to work at home. And so, it, for the on-premises solutions that are out there, how do they create that same type of modularity without having to lean on, you know, another type of virtual virtualization that they may or may not be on? And for those that want to go bare metal, how do they create that type of solution? So, you know, when we talk about like memory pooling and all that, all of those things that, that flow with it, these are already things that we are aware of, but we're aware of it from a virtual standard. We're not aware of it from, you know, the hardware standard that we're talking about. So it's really exciting to see where that's going to come from, but seeing the capabilities that, you know, we're hearing announced is, is really awesome. And I just, you know, being the skeptic on this podcast, I, I, I want to see it. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing enterprises, being able to touch it, being able to start seeing their workloads actually running on it and being able to see, you know, the, the red team and the blue team start, you know, hopefully battling it out so that we can see what the next steps will be. Well, that, that leads me to the, my, what was going to be my next question, which is when do you think this is coming to the enterprise data center? So, I mean, typically it, it takes a little while for these uh, new processor platforms to ramp up and to start being rolled out. Um, you know, put on your skeptic hat, put on your enterprise data center architect hat and tell me when might you, well, maybe not you, when might people like you be willing to embrace and adopt the next generation of Xeon or Epic processors, but also this uh, really novel technology. Uh, Nathan, what do you think? Give me, give me your, your, your guess. Yeah, again, I'm the skeptic. So I'm going to say, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty far out distance. You know, I would say probably about five years from when the first like actual view of it being actually out there, right? You know, when people are actually utilizing it, that's when a customer is probably like, okay, I'll, I'll utilize it five years after that, right? So understand from my perspective, I'm not saying five years from today, I'm saying five years from when it's actually something physically available and something that they can actually touch and see. That's what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, an enterprise, I, I've never seen an enterprise that want to just immediately jump into something like this. Uh, even with something like, you know, vSphere, when they were like, hey, you can get like 80% reduction in cost, they still were like, eh, I still don't want to give up my physical hardware because I love it. And so I still see that as like a, you know, I, my my terminology that I tend to lean back on is, is about five years from when they're able to actually touch it and play around with it, at least in terms of like a... Well, Craig, we got an extreme skeptic here. Yeah, an extreme skeptic, absolutely. Because at, at the end of the day, I've been the 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 customer that's running on you know stuff that's like really far back. And uh, oh, just just to be to be super clear, I'm not saying five years to adopt something like uh, Genoa. I'm not saying that. I'm saying five years from being able to top adopt what we see as like the full CXL with modularity and all those different types of things. N normally, technology comes up. And, and you know, starts off small and goes to bigger and bigger and bigger in cases. And for that, five years certainly proven. But I think five years is a very long time for CXL adoption at enterprise level. You know, certainly with the hyperscalers going. And you know, I think it would be less. Well, we'll agree to disagree on five. <laughs> give me a date, Craig. When do you think 
Um, and and I guess maybe the maybe we got to be a little more specific here. Um, disaggregation is one thing. Memory pooling is another thing. Um, memory expansion over the CXL bus, I guess, is the is the is the the, the nearest thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've already got product, we've already got a, a software, we've already got you know server support from AMD. Um, mm -hmm. I guess that could happen real quick. But of course, you know, you got to think about it too, that, that enterprises aren't like out there building their own servers or something. You know, it needs to have been supported by Lenovo or HPE or Dell or somebody before they're going to be running it because it's not like they're just going to go run out and like, you know, hey, I'm going to get the newest motherboard and, and the newest memory expansion card and build it myself. No, 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 that's not how enterprises work. So, so. So how about this? Um, since Nathan started with disaggregation, when do you think disaggregation will be used in the enterprise, Craig? Capability-wise, I think we'll have it in three, and uh, server manufacturers will push it heavily. You know, we're, we're going through an, uh, an element of cloud repatriation for a lot of workloads at the minute, and CXL is, is going to provide uh, a lot of flexibility and efficiency that they would have traditionally lost moving from the cloud to our current on-premises type infrastructures. So I'd, I think that'll help with that and maybe even let more workloads be repatriated. So, it, it, but it's like anything else in IT, it could go either way. You know, it, it could stop with memory expansion cards and nobody does anything with switches. Nobody does anything with AI, we just don't know. It'll be interesting. It's going to have to prove itself as a technology. But I'd say three years will be sharing memory between hosts. At five years, I think enterprises would be managing all sorts of different workloads and accelerators through CXL. Wow. So I guess you guys aren't that far off. And actually, I think that you're... I find it um, pretty accurate, to be honest with you. Like, I don't expect, um, I don't expect to see... Epic servers with memory expansion in the enterprise data center until at least at earliest the middle of 2023, simply because it's going to take a while for these vendors to get these things out there and qualified and for them to pick their OEM partner and, and pick the supported devices and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, it's just going to take a little while. And also for them to qualify them in terms of support and reliability and, and get spares in and all those things that companies get from enterprises, right? That's going to happen, I think, at the end of the year um, in the enterprise. I think it's definitely going to come quicker to the cloud. Um, but I agree with you that, that disaggregation is going to come longer. I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say, I think that there's a decent chance that disaggregation will come quicker but I also think there's a decent chance that disaggregation doesn't come to the enterprise. So this is one of my biggest fears here, is that somebody like Adele or somebody looks at this and says, wait a second, I'm not sure this is in our best interests. I'm not sure I really want our customers to have this capability. And you know whether from legitimate concerns about supportability or just overall concerns about kind of losing a grip on the uh, on that customer relationship, and um, I think there's actually a reasonable chance that some of those companies may not really be on board with disaggregation and composability and and building you know composable systems. So I, I'm going to be that's the thing that I'm going to be really keeping an eye on because once I see Dell and HPE and Lenovo and the rest kind of announcing that they're going to support this stuff and, um, and 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 announcing their own products and and embracing it, then I'm going to sort of 
calm down a little bit and say, okay, yeah, this is coming to the enterprise. Still not for a few years, but that, that it's going to come. I don't know. What do you think? Is, is there a chance that uh, this could get blocked by the OEMs? I'm going to jump out here and say absolutely. Um, modularity, customization, all of these things in, are, are great terms. Love to talk about them in, in the tech world. But at the end of the day, there's going to be someone in the enterprise that says, okay, but what do I do with it when it breaks? If it's modular and I have all my memory in one big old bucket and that bucket breaks, what do I do? If I have a modular and I have has it in like multiple buckets, how do I make sure that that bucket, when it breaks, doesn't has the ability to then immediately pass over to the other bucket, right? Uh, as a cloud architect, I have to understand high availability, redundancy, durability are, are my main focus, my, my main goals, right? And if we're talking about having the cap capabilities of the cloud on hardware, we're not hitting those topics yet. And that those are the topics that have to be hit and not only just hit, but capitalized on, documented, you know, have a community base around it and then have people show the 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 validation. I think the the vSphere motion moment will be when they say, here is my modular CXL mo mo memory module, and then they just unplug it and then you see everything continue to run just naturally. If, if they're able to show that, show that capabilities to the enterprise with a enterprise solution, I'm not saying anything that's currently out right now, I'm saying like something specific to customers, then they'll be able to start saying, okay, I, I get it, I see that, that capability and I see the redundancy and durability. And that's, in my opinion, where it'll be a game changer because modularity and customization is great, but you've got to hit those three and you've got to hit them very hard in order to get into that customer enterprise space. The, the, there's also the fact that enterprise has spent much of the last t five, 10 years refactoring their monolithic architectures to move to microservices architectures and now to repatriate that workload, they'll have to refactor again. And, and, and take CXL into account. They'll probably still use Kubernetes-based workloads, but there's more refactoring, and we know that's painful, takes time, costs money. So there'll have to be a, a, a clear and present ROI on, on repatriation to move forward. Yeah, that that's really you know I mean, these are really great points and absolutely true. I think that that you know us with our backgrounds in enterprise tech have to be have to bring some skepticism here. And, and actually, this is one reason that I think that it was smart that uh, CXL started with memory expansion, because as we heard um, uh, here again and again from, from various companies, um, you don't need, you don't actually need software to do, to, to do CXL memory expansion necessarily. Um, you can just throw a card in a server, and as long as the, you know, the basic functionality, the basic drivers are there, it just, just works. And I think that that's going to be a lot less um, controversial. Uh, for people to embrace and adopt, um, my my fear is that if if that becomes popular, that may be all that CXL ever is, you know, and we may never get beyond memory expansion because that's the the sort of low hanging fruit. That's the big win in terms of giving flexibility to your server platforms and right sizing memory for cloud and for enterprise applications, and um, and that may be all people want from this technology. And, you know, but that being said, there could be more. So um, VMware, uh, Linux, 
hopefully Windows. Um, I, I, we're going to try to get Microsoft on the uh, utilizing CXL show here uh, pretty quick. Uh, hopefully Windows will support this. Um, you know, and then we've also talked. We talked with Memberge. Uh, they're doing a lot of really cool things with software. Um, what is this? What do you guys think of this? The software aspect here is this um, going to make the difference between uh, whether it just is memory expansion or whether it's more. I think software is a huge play in in this, and it, it it just has to be because at the end of the day, the hardware is still kind of you know literally the nuts and bolts of the solution in order for a human to really appreciate it more there needs to be a softening of that hardware that allows that utilization to be much more valid much more configurable customizable and transferable from human to human and that's that's where i think the software is going to need to be a pretty key component to this and so seeing something via linux or windows or microsoft or or VMware showing that virtualization, that customization behind it, that's going to be a pretty key component. What do you think, Craig? I completely agree. Um, software is going to be huge. Um, the CXL is going to have to be monitored, secured. Um, any, you know, even something as simple as allocating RAM to a server, where's that logged? Um, where's that monitored? Um, what anomalies are being detected on the back end? Um, how is that being controlled over an API across you know multiple data centers controlling these resources? Software is going to be a, a massive element. You know, let's look at VMware as a software solution. You know, software can be extremely powerful, extremely powerful, and the, the, there'll be a lot of people and companies that will view the opportunity of having this hardware capability and they'll see a software solution that'll matter and work and we might not even know who those companies are now and uh, you know they might not even exist and they could be the market leader in five years of something huge so uh, absolutely agree on the software side and and another thing that you mentioned there craig that's super important is security um one of the things that i brought that brought up with uh with amd and um and we'll continue to bring up is this question of making sure that any kind of memory pooling or sharing is secure because that that could derail the whole thing too. Imagine if this if if word got out that there was an exploit that allowed someone to kind of plug into a server and exfiltrate data directly out of the mem main memory um, or monitor the the applications that are running on the on the CPU. Uh, this is is not far-fetched given what this capability of CXL is and how it's implemented. Um, that's why I was excited to hear uh, vendors, you know, like AMD, but also uh, others that we've spoken to talking about um, security features like, well, basic ones like basic, you know, end-to-end -end 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 encryption, but also more advanced things like figuring out, uh, you know, not doing memory sharing until you have software that can securely allocate who, who, who's allowed to see system memory. Because, man, could you imagine if somebody could, like, plug something into your VMware server and snoop on all the memory all the time? That would, that would be a no-go. People would, like, literally unplug these servers. And so security is just a huge, huge need. The, that, that's one of the things I really liked about the Epic solution where... They, they have instruction sets for securing memory access, you know. They use the same instruction set 
for securing CXL memory as they do for normal system RAM. So it doesn't need to be treated differently at a development standpoint. You know, existing software that does anything with memory is just calling for that same instruction and it'll just be referencing it on a different address. So I like the fact that the BEC.dat hardware security in using the same mechanisms as, as traditional RAM, you know, and people that already are familiar with and trust and have coded for. So it, it yeah, security's security paramount. We don't know what Intel's gonna do, but I am gonna guess that they, they know this. Um, so I guess we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised soon. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would be surprised if they hadn't thought about things, but also, you know, things like root of trust uh, to keep somebody from plugging in an untrusted device and so on. You know, I, I think that this stuff is going to be there. And, and software is going to make a huge difference there, too. Um, you know, uh, Nathan, what do you think in uh, in the cloud space? Um, you know, are there novel applications that you're looking forward to? Any Any weird things that we might see come up? Well, just more utilization of things like HPC within the cloud. I think that's one thing that a lot of people look into and like, oh, well, you're still running on a virtualization. You're not really running on bare metal. And if you want to, you just like build some uh, bare metal or get some, get provision some bare metal and then run it on it, right? There's something to like just running, just throwing iron at problems and trying to figure out how to do that type of, of workloads. But I think bringing this to hyperscalers will allow more more solutions to start you know, maybe taking taking that deep grab of resources that HPC needs but not necessarily having to have that high dollar of being provisioned at full server right that's that's what I'm looking forward to in the cloud space where people can start still accept, accepting and getting the the deduction in terms of cost of what they want to purchase and what they want to run for their workloads, but still have that modularity in terms of not having to be fully provisioned, a, you know, a server that you could just get anywhere else. I'm, I'm looking forward to that being in the cloud space and seeing how people start utilizing that for AI, ML, and other HPC workload uh, solutions. So what all are you going to be looking forward to? So it's 2023. Um, we're watching this technology roll out. Um, be positive. What are you looking forward to this year? What, do you, what, what are you looking forward to seeing um, appearing throughout the year? Craig? I, I'm looking forward to seeing Intel's next generation come out. Um, it'll be, I think it'll be healthy competition between Intel and AMD. Um, it'll be really interesting to see um, how, how they're competing against each other with their own individual edges, but also the the I'm looking forward to seeing what solutions are built and derived from having this new baseline of, of hardware capability. I would have to say, since we're on the cusp of Intel, you know, of course that is top of mind. We're, I've, I've brought up competition several times in this podcast. I really hope if they don't come out with a, something that doesn't, that doesn't tie in CXL, they have something pretty quick after it because that's, that's really what we expect. We, we, we make fun of Team Red and Team Blue, but we kind of need them in the same same space. We need them around, right? And seeing where that comes from is going to be one area. Seeing more adoption and more manufacturing around persistent memory and these modules is where I'm kind of looking forward to as well. Seeing what other 
manufacturers are, are going to market and starting to create these modules that people can start using, the more adoption we see from the manufacturers, the more I'll feel like, okay, we're moving forward here. Whereas instead of it being this thing that's really cool in someone's lab, it's this thing that people are starting to actually see things hit the market and be like, oh, I can actually pick this up and I can actually start utilizing it. And that's what excites me about uh, CXL in 2023. Yeah, and, and just to, to make some call outs here, the things that I'm going to be looking forward to. So we mentioned Intel. Um, yeah, I, I, I will be shocked if they don't do CXL <laughs> in their next generation platform. Um, but uh, ARM also, I'm really excited to see where ARM goes uh, with uh, CXL support on their cores, which they've already talked about. And hopefully we'll have them on the podcast real soon here as well uh, to talk about where they're going. Uh, some other companies I'm going to shout out to. Um, can't wait to see Micron uh, jump in here with some CXL memory support. Um, so, so far we've got the other two biggest uh, memory, memory vendors here. I expect to see Micron come out. I expect to see some storage support, um, specifically companies uh, like Solidime uh, coming out with, um, you know, Western Digital uh, coming out with some uh, CXL storage, uh, NVMe storage something. I don't know what it's going to look like. I think that's a little further off because I, I don't think anybody's sure yet what that's going to look like. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Samsung persistent memory based on flash. I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see some Micron or Solidime or somebody like that in there as well. Um, you know, there's a bunch of companies uh, that we still haven't quite heard from. Obviously, the server vendors we've mentioned, HPE, Dell, Lenovo, they, they can't say anything until, you know, <laughs> until this is, uh, is mentioned. Though HPE did actually talk about Sapphire Rapids uh, recently, which I was pretty surprised to see. Um, but, uh, you know, they, 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 I'm sure, are, you know, champing at the bit to talk about what they're going to be doing with these server platforms. Uh, VMware. Uh, can't wait to see their announcements at uh, VMware Explore this year because, um, again, I, I really expect them to, to lean into these next-generation server platforms and their features in VMware, and we know that they're working on CXL support as well. And, um, and But the big thing for me that I'm going to be looking for is more talk of things that aren't memory. So storage is one thing, but um, peripheral sharing, uh, sharing accelerators, sharing GPUs, um, doing all sorts of other things with composability. So that leads me to think about, you know, companies like Liquid who are out there doing um, some pretty cool stuff already in composability and I know are interested in working on CXL as well. So I'm gonna be keeping an eye on them. And, um, and, and some of these other companies that are developing support chips. So Marvell, uh, who we hope to have on the podcast here real soon, um, and Teleprop as well. Uh, we know that they're working on some, some cool stuff uh, that kind of brings some Gen Z fabric things into the CXL space. So just, just a lot of stuff coming. And um, basically, I guess, stay here uh, for the Utilizing Tech podcast as we, as we see these products announced and as we you know, sort of uh, question them and kick the tires on the, uh, on the announcements that companies are making. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to actually is coming in March, and that's that we're gonna be having a Tech Field Day event. Um, it's actually on my birthday. Um, uh, I know, personally identifiable information there. Uh, sorry, everybody. Um, well, sorry, me. Um, anyway, it's on my birthday, uh, but, but in March, uh, you're going to see a, a Tech Field Day event, uh, and, and we'll probably see some of these CXL companies presenting their solutions there, because uh, by then, I think everybody expects there to be two big server platforms that support it. Um, and so I can't wait to see uh, what companies do with Tech Field Day, so keep an eye on that. 
Uh, also, uh, keep an eye on the podcast, of course, uh, as we as we talk to these companies every single week. Um, before we hop, uh, is there anything else y'all want to talk about? Uh, point other people to where else they can connect with you, Craig. You can reach me on Twitter at CraigRogersMS. Uh, my blog is CraigRogers.co.uk, and I'm also searchable on LinkedIn as Craig Rogers. I'm on Twitter at VNathanBennett. I'm searchable on LinkedIn as Nathan Bennett. I blog at Nathan uh, NerdyNate.life. I'm also one of those Mastodon folks um, starting out. You can find me at VNathanBennett at AWSCommunity.social. And as for me, uh, you can find me at S. Foskett on most social media platforms. And, and you mentioned Mastodon. S. Foskett at techfieldday.net is me on, on the Mastodons. You can also find me on the Twitters using that S. Foskett. And, uh, of course, hosting the podcast, hosting the weekly Gestalt IT rundown, uh, the uh, Gestalt IT on-premise podcast, all sorts of things like that. Well, thank you guys both for joining us uh, for this special Looking Forward to 2023 episode of Utilizing CXL. Uh, we'll also be uh, returning every week with more episodes. So uh, please do uh, check this podcast out in your favorite podcast platform. And also please give us a description, a, a comment, a rating, a review. We love to hear from that. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by gestaltit.com, uh, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, though, go to utilizingtech.com or find us on Twitter uh, or Mastodon at utilizingtech. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.